0: Hello, and welcome to Michigan and Other Mayhem, the show about Michigan, murder, mysteries, histories, and other mayhem from around the world. Your hosts are Allie and Jen. Okay, Jen, let's do this thing. Hello, Jen. Hey, Allie. What you doing? Trying to stay warm. Oh, is your house cold?
1: Yeah, it's cold out today. Yesterday was windy. Summer (laughs) I'm over this. I'm in my uh in my bed using my bed jet to keep myself warm.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. You have that bed jet. Isn't Didn't you say you liked it?
1: Oh my goodness. So before I used to use the mattress pads, the fitted mattress pad that heated up. Okay. Bed jet is the best. I want another one for the other side of the bed but it it does heat and then in the summer when you're hot it's uh-huh. just it's a fan.
0: So isn't it don't if i remember correctly from <laughs> looking at your bed isn't it a thing that it sits at the foot of your bed and it has this like long tube that comes out and the tube doesn't it, uh, go underneath your covers? Yep,
1: you just throw your covers over it
0: and it blows hot air underneath your covers in winter and cool air, air during the summer, right? Right? Great. I have the heated mattress pad. That's how I live through Michigan winter.
1: Well, you know, I had that for many years. Yeah. yeah. I I love that too. But there's some, it is nice to be able to control the heat. So okay. it goes up to 104 degrees. Oh,
0: wow.
1: It's so warm. Can, right. So you can do whatever. You got more of a range. <laughs> yeah. you
0: have to try it
1: out. You know, you
0: live somewhere cold when you have full on discussions on how do you stay warm at night?
1: Right.
0: (laughs) You know what I mean? Although I must say I am someone that does like a cold room and like a hot bed, like a whole bunch of blankets and it's warm, but the room is cold. I don't know if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, it does. I read an article the other day that said you get to have good sleep, real good sleep You have to have your, your room needs to be cool. And I'm like, yeah, that person does not live in the Northern States. Right.
0: But if it gets too cold, you're actually more likely to have nightmares. I think it's like, if it goes below 56 degrees Fahrenheit, you're more likely to have nightmares.
1: Oh goodness.
0: Yeah. So I think there's like a sweet spot, you know what I mean? (laughs) Between like sweating your ass off, uncomfortable, you can't go to sleep and freezing your ass off uncomfortable you can't right. go to sleep <laughs> you know what I mean and in Michigan we get a little bit of both because there are times in the summer like if the air if I don't have the air conditioning on there's no way I can sleep no no way well, I, I what, do you so get, what do you got for
1: us today?
0: okay well I don't know if you realize but um this is going to come out January 1st oh happy thought, new year yeah Happy New Year. I thought, what a better way to bring in the new year than to talk about like revenge deaths or deaths that like you tried to kill someone and then you die also. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Just to teach us that there's such thing as karma, let's remember it. Okay. okay. <laughs> Start this new year right. 2021. Let's hope it's better than that cursed ass 2020.
1: Right. Why? Wow. <sighs> Well, I'm starting the new year with a story about two infants' deaths. Oh, shit. Okay.
0: <laughs> Let's have, how about you go first? <laughs> yeah,
1: okay, I'm starting off this. So you started off shitty, and then it just gets better, I think.
0: Okay, okay. I'm I'm down with that plan. I'm down with any it gets better plan.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah. So in in the summer of 2003 in Stickney Township, Chicago. Okay. In a black shoe box, a waste management worker found two deceased infants, one still having the placenta attached. Oh,
0: wow.
1: When an autopsy was completed, it was found the two infants were born alive and were murdered by asphyxiation. Oh, shit. The case went cold. And in 2018, the police cold case team reopened the investigation, testing DNA evidence to see if they could locate the mother. Okay. Somehow, couldn't figure out how this happened. Okay. okay? But somehow, the police investigation took them to Holly, Michigan
0: shit okay
1: to track down Antoinette Briley age 41 she currently had a 12 year old daughter at the time okay so they surveillanced her and when they saw her drop a cigarette they picked it up tested the DNA against the infants and they got a match oh my god she went back to Chicago. I guess I don't know for to visit somebody, but she was stopped there at a trip, you know, stopped by a police for a traffic violation. Okay, and was arrested. All right. She's facing two counts of first degree murder. I'm gonna turn my page. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, post Miranda rights. So before she was read her rights, she did say- Post means
0: after. Or I mean after. Okay, after. Okay. No problem, no problem. Okay.
1: Was she did admit, supposedly, to the murders. Okay. The KIR 7 News reports that she birthed the children. They were crying. She panicked. She put them in a bag. And she headed to the hospital. On her way to the hospital, she changed her mind. And then she put the infants in the trash bin. Oh. The, tri- the Tribune reports her saying she, um, she, she, of course, wishes she could take it all back if she could. And then trying to get out of jail on bond... You know, Mm -hmm. her lawyer was quoted telling the court she was, had no criminal record. She works at an assembly plant in Michigan. Okay. You know, and has a daughter and she's not a flight risk, but currently Uh she's being held on a $150,000 bond.
0: Yeah. I would say, honestly, even if she just agreed, like, I promise you can do something to me that guarantees I have no more kids and, you know, let me out on probation or (laughs) I don't know. She still has a 12 year old. I shouldn't. I don't know. I, I'm conflicted. I'm conflicted and I don't know what to think.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. For me, yeah. there's plenty of things.
0: You could have just taken them to the hospital. You could Well, you're dropped- allowed to drop them off nowadays at a right? fireplace uh, or a fireplace. <laughs> Don't do it at somebody's okay. fireplace. <laughs> Don't do it at somebody's fireplace, but take it to a firehouse where firemen are. Yeah. <laughs> Don't Santa those babies. Don't Santa them. Don't take them down the fireplace, but
1: take right. them to a firehouse,
0: police station or hospital and just drop them off. No questions asked. The babies are taken. Yeah. You're, right. Yeah, you're right. Oh, for
1: you're me, right. For me, I'm like, you, you could have done all kinds of stuff. You, you yeah. can't you, nowadays you can, give children up very easily now yes. there's where I disagree with some things but you can give them up you know and not have any consequences you you put them you were going to go to the hospital supposedly you you put yeah. them in a church bed. I what amazed me on this story is that how in the world did they track that down
0: yeah that is amazing
1: you know, Was it through, it, like the genealogy
0: shit where they do the forensic genealogy. I don't know how would they do. They're fucking amazing nowadays.
1: And the fact I'm telling
0: you in the next couple of weeks, you're going to hear a lot of ones about where people go back and cold case this shit <laughs> because they we've got shit now to figure out who through DNA somebody is. They're getting really good at this. Right. And they uh-huh. don't. And, you know, I like that they don't give up. I do like that too, or that they go back again. You know, like somebody's like, you know, another guy shows up. I'm like, you know what? Let me give this a try. You know what I mean? Right. Or sometimes they go through and just look for stuff that had DNA evidence that is unsolved. I'm actually fine with that too. Let's do as many quick ones as we can. You know, before we get to the other things.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. So I'm got. I've got a couple to tell you about. Are you ready? Okay. I'm ready. I am ready. Okay. So Michelle Weissman, she's like 56 years old, and you know, in 2020. She worked at Cannery Casino as a front desk manager, and she was married to her husband, Lonnie. And when the pandemic hit, Michelle, and she preferred to go by the name Shelly, took up bike riding as a way to spend her time. And she enjoyed, like, living in the city of Las Vegas, Nevada, and she liked going through the city's bike lanes. I mean, it's a big city, and she just really loved riding around, right? Mm-hmm. On October 28, 2020, Shelly's biking in the proper bike lane. When all of a sudden this minivan came speeding up behind her, doing about 50, 60 miles an hour. And inside the minivan was driver Rodrigo Cruz, who was 22 years old, and his passenger, Giovanni Medina, I think it's Barajas, who was just 20 years old. So Giovanni leaned out the window of the minivan, wanting to knock Shelly off her bike. You know what I mean? Like he's leaning the top portion of his body out of the passenger window with every intention of knocking her off her bike. Oh, and he did. succeeds. Oh, yeah. And although she had on a bike helmet, she still died of her injuries. They think it's because, you know, they were going so fast. They push her. You know, she falls to the ground. And now with you know, a great force, she has multiple blunt force injuries. She dies. Okay. Yes, that's not all. Because Giovanni also died. Oh. when he leaned out of the door to push shelly he leaned too far out and he fell from the minivan as it's speeding down the road now he's hitting the ground at 50 60 miles an hour and when witnesses say that he fell and he like tumbled and then ran into a lamppost struck it with his head died right there
1: karma and right there sir
0: immediate <laughs> immediate like as you are killing her you die so both Shelley, because they think she lived for a couple moments, but he is instantly dead the moment he hits the lamppost. Like, even if he may have survived the other injuries, the lamppost strike was the last one. So both Shelley and Giovanni were pronounced dead at the scene. Despite onlookers trying to perform, I know they tried to perform CPR on Shelly. I don't know if they, they realized Giovanni was gone. So when Giovanni fell out of the van, Rodrigo kept driving down the road, never stopping to check what happened to his passenger oh my Rod- god i know and later rodrigo was found by authorities and he was brought in for charges of open murder violating his parole and failing his duty to stop at the scene of an accident and they say that before giovanni even knocked shelly down he had tried to knock over another couple who were biking but missed them yeah oh my god i know like oh my gosh i can't believe it so I got, there were two deer hunter deaths I want to talk about. One fits the, the scenario. The other doesn't. I just got confused. So here we go. Okay. So in late October of 2019, there was a man from Yellville, Arkansas, named Thomas Alexander, and he was hunting deer. And the 66-year-old man had managed to shoot this buck with a muzzle loader. And the muzzle loader is like the old-timey guns where you put the powder and shit in the front of the muzzle of the gun, you know, not nowadays where you load it in the back. Yeah. And he shoots the deer with this old timey gun. And after taking the shot, Thomas, who is an experienced hunter, then approaches what he thinks is the deer carcass. However, the deer—the car- deer was not dead. And when he got to the deer, it the deer ends up attacking him. And the deer's antlers punctured his chest cavity. They like entered his lungs, and then they severed an artery. Oh. And one article, okay. So and then and then I was so confused. So I'm reading these different articles. So some articles say that he was with his nephew and he called his wife to say that the deer attacked him. And another, another article said that he was lone, but that he called a family member saying that the deer had attacked him. And it's like, so I don't know. Either way, he, he was able to call someone and that person called 911 and help was sent. But Thomas did not survive despite receiving medical attention. So the one thing I just couldn't find and I don't know if you know if your brain went there too but did the deer die right like and I just want you to know Jen should a deer kill me I want you to eat that deer I want you to wear its pelt as a cape I want you to make shivs out of its antlers and ashtrays out of its hooves I want you to like annihilate the fucking deer should this deer kill me and so I'm reading this and I'm like but did Did the deer die? Did somebody get to to take the deer? Because the (laughs) fucking deer killed him and he deserves to get something for it. You know what I mean?
1: Right. There's got to be justice.
0: Justice. God dang it. So something had happened this year in Michigan on October October 16, 2020. And I thought it was the same scenario, but I was wrong. This man named Greg Salisbury, he was 61. He died while deer hunting in Portage, Michigan. And I was like, oh, it's the same thing where the deer went after him after the deer was wounded. But actually, no, he was known to have health problems and he was an experienced deer hunter. And he, he did kill this doe. But when he went to go get the doe, he actually suffered some type of health crisis and died. Uh-huh. And his body was fine nearing, near the home. So this is what I was thinking. And, and I swear to God, I spent a solid 15 minutes thinking after that, like, was Greg lucky because he died doing something he really enjoyed? Or was Greg unlucky because he was alone? Like, I was like, he's lucky because this was like what kept going over and over in my head last night. I'm like, he's lucky. I think if it was like really quick, you know what I mean? I'm you're doing something you love and then some, and then all of a sudden, boom, you're gone. But if you're like, suddenly you know you're not feeling well, you're trying to get to help, you're all by yourself, unlucky, unlucky, no. And...
1: Right. But you're still, I would want to die doing something that I loved. Okay. Okay, so I'm still lucky. Even if if I knew I was about to die, at least I was doing something that I I enjoyed doing.
0: Okay, you're right. Let's look at the positive side of things. Let's do that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so I've got a failed murder plot here for the last one. Okay. So this woman had broken up with Henry David Every, who was 49 years old in January 2020, because he then broke into her home in, there's actually a city in Maine called Mexico, confused the shit out of me because they kept talking about mexico but every now then it'd say maine but it is a city in maine named mexico okay so he breaks into her home in maine in mexico maine that she shared with her daughter and he waited and i don't know how the daughter is and i don't know much about the women because they're victims their names and information are not given so which is the right thing to do so he waits in the basement And she comes home and he waits longer just until midnight drinking beer to pass the time in her basement until like just after midnight. Then he goes upstairs to his ex-girlfriend's bedroom and he's armed with a 38 caliber semi-automatic pistol. He hits his ex-girlfriend on the neck and the back of the head with the gun. And then he tries to smother her by pressing her face in the pillow. And he tells her he's going to kill her. And he puts the gun to his temple when he pulls the trigger His victim hears the gun click, but it misfires and nothing happens. So it just goes click, but nothing happens. So undeterred, he unloads the bullet from the chamber and tries to reload it again. So now she's starting to struggle to defend herself because he's got to let go to try to reload the gun. So he takes the bullet out of the chamber, puts the bullet back in. She pushes him off and he's about two feet away. He points the trigger at her again, aiming at her face and click (laughs) a second time and it fires. So this time he takes the bullet out and he tries to load the gun with another bullet and to put another one in. Now at this point, his intended victim, and I, well, I think he takes the bullet out and he's like trying to like re-cock the gun or something because he's, he's got both hands off her at this point and she's able to stand up and reach for the phone as she's trying to get, get away. And from about two th- two or three feet away from her, he aims the gun again, pulls the trigger again, and this time it does go off. And the bullet misses her, even though he's that close to her, And it lodges into the wall behind her. And she drops to the floor. Now she's like covering her head with both hands. And he begins to threaten her daughter, who is sleeping in the next room. And so she starts to pound on the wall, yelling for her daughter to wake up and run to safety. But instead, her daughter comes in the room and pushes him away from the door. He's holding their bedroom door shut. And when the daughter tells him to... Now, according to the newspapers, the daughter tells him to stop and he goes back to the basement. But I'm going to tell you why. I think there's more to it than that. But hold on. Let me keep going. So, the two then manage to open the bedroom window, push out the screen, and escape to escape from the house. And they call nine one one. And by one thirty in the morning, the police are at her home and they're responding to a call about a man who is threatening to commit suicide. And when they called him, Henry said he was going to finish drinking his beer because he's back in the basement <laughs> with his beer. <laughs> yeah. Then he was going to have a chew of tobacco, and then he was willing to come out of the house without a gun once once he was done. So in in the basement, the police do find his beer, his tobacco, his spit bottle, his gun. I mean, they find the spent bullet casing, so they know that everything is, as the woman said. He has eight counts against him. Aggravated assault, domestic violence, reckless conduct with a weapon, domestic violence, criminal threatening with a dangerous weapon, domestic violence, terrorizing with the dangerous weapon, Obstructing the report of a crime or injury, burglary, and two counts of attempted murder. Now, that last part, the two counts of attempted murder, the newspapers kept saying that the daughter yelled for him to stop and that he that made him leave and go back down to the basement. But attempted murder means he did something to the daughter. Or is it or is it because he tried to shoot her twice? That's two counts. Or I don't get it because they actually tried to shoot her three times and they misfired twice. Or did, does two counts mean he he threatened two different people, right? Like the daughter and the mom,
1: or the bullet that went through the wall went into the the daughter's, oh, the daughter's bedroom, woman. which then could be it be considered. Uh, that, I
0: think. Okay. Okay. It believe- could be it. I'll say either way, the women did not die. Right. He did not win that, and he's in jail now. And like I said, he's got eight counts. So I'll, I hope it was worth it. Right. <laughs> I just think,
1: I think it's crazy how he's doing all this, and then the daughter comes in, and he just goes back to the basement.
0: See, that's what I don't get. I just feel like something's been left out. Like I feel like if she, I'm she murders... stop, and he's like, he just tried to shoot her three times, and he's like, oh, she said stop, so let me go downstairs. Like what? I yeah, like I it. figure,
1: like when they're you know somebody's there to murder you. Some uh, young young person telling you to stop isn't going to get you to stop. Yeah, and I thought, and,
0: and I didn't know is so the daughter is below the age of eighteen, or they um, or something. I don't, oh maybe not because they don't mention the names. I'm like, is she eight years old? Is she seventeen? <laughs> like, <laughs> but they they don't have to give that information because though, you know that's private and their victims. So they that, but I was just like, oh my gosh,
1: that is crazy. It
0: was hard to tell, but yeah, that's it. <laughs> I know, isn't that wild? That is crazy.
1: I think <laughs> okay. that the. I still can't get over the guy pushing her off the bicycle. The other story with the guy pushing her off the bicycle and then dies, hitting
0: the lamppost. Yes, and he immediately dies. He killed someone and in the act, the actual act of killing her dies.
1: And I, I hope that she stayed alive long enough to realize he was dead.
0: Yeah, I know that someone runs up and goes, He's dead. Yeah. He died too. Yeah. So rest in peace. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right, John. I will talk to you later and happy new year. Happy New Year. Right, talk to you later. Contact us at Anchor or Michigan and Other Mayhem at gmail.com or on Facebook to join the conversation, listen to the podcast, or correct us when necessary. Rate and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast provider. Bye-bye now.